0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony, your host, Tony. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, so, today's episode, we are going to be reviewing the debut studio album by Nas. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're reviewing Illmatic, possibly one of the best hip-hop albums in recording history. One of the most important ones in hip-hop history. And... Probably one of the best East Coast hip-hop albums around there um, There really is so much to say about this album in terms of the significance it has And I'm not saying that it, as in like you should like you know relate like it's you know some religious shit or something like that No, 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 I'm just saying you know a lot of the themes spoken of in this album are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Significant, you know? It's it's just things that make you think, you know? Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick minute. And thank you guys all so much for the support. It means a lot, really, so keep it up. And most of all, tell everybody. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell, tell, tell your brother, sister. Tell everybody. Do it right now. Um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, let's just get straight into today's episode. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and crack open a bit of beer, soda, and or water, folks, and enjoy because this is Illmatic by Nas. Yeah, yeah. And your black it's time, word, word it's time, it's time man, All right, man. begin. Yeah, straight out the fucking dungeons of rap. Well, fake niggas don't make it back. I don't know how to start this. No. Alright, folks. Let's just jump straight into it. So, for those of you that don't know, Illmatic is the debut studio album by American rapper Nas, released on April 19th, 1994 by Columbia Records after signing with the label with the help of MC Search. Nas recorded the album between, uh, sorry, between the years of 1993 and... Sorry, 1992 and 1993 at the Chung Kung Studios and D&D Recording, Battery Studios, and Unique Recording Studios in New York City. A lot of the album's production was handled by DJ Premier, Large Professor, P Rock, Q Tip, LES, and Nas himself. Styled as a hardcore hip hop album, Ematic features multi internal rhymes and inner city narratives based on Nas' experience on the Queensbridge houses in Queens, New York City. Debuting at number 12 on the US Billboard chart 200 and selling 63K copies in its first week, the initial sales fell low expectations and its five singles failed to achieve any significant chart success. And despite the low initial sales, Illmatic would go on to receive rave reviews from most music critics who praised its production and Nas' lyricism. On January 17, 1996, the album was certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America, and in December of 2001, it earned a platinum certification after shipping a million copies in the U.S. As of 2019, the album had sold two million in the US alone. And since its initial reception, Illmatic has been recognized by writers and music critics as a landmark album in East Coast hip-hop. Its influence on subsequent hip-hop artists has attributed, sorry, has been attributed to the album's production and Nas's lyricism. It has also contributed to the revival of the New York City rap scene, including a number of stylistic trends to be, uh to the region. The album is widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential uh hip-hop albums of all time appearing on numerous best albums lists by critics and publications billboard wrote in 2015 that quote Illmatic is widely seen as one of the best hip-hop albums ever in the year 2020 the album was selected by the library of congress for preservation in the national recording registry for being culturally historically or aesthetically significant so as you can see it's got It's got a lot to its name, alright? So, the background. As a a teenager, rapper Nas wanted to pursue a career as a rapper and enlisted his best friend and neighbor, Willie Ill Will Graham, as his DJ. Nas initially went by the nickname Kid Wave before adapting the alias Nasty Nas. By the age of 15, he met producer Large Professor from Flushing, Queens and was introduced to his main group, Main Source. Nas made his record, uh, recorded debut with them, performing the opening verse on Live at the Barbecue from their 1991 album Breaking Atoms. Nas subsequently made a solo debut on his 1992 single Sa- uh, Halftime for the soundtrack Zebrahead. Um, the single added to the buzz surrounding Nas, earning him comparisons to influential golden age rapper Rakim. Despite his buzz in the underground scene, Nas did not receive an offer for a recording contract, being rejected by major rap labels such as Cold Chill and Def Jam Recordings. Nas and Ill Will continued to work together but their partnership was cut short when Graham was murdered by a gunman in Queensbridge on May 23, 1992. Na's brother was also shot that same night but will go on to survive. Nas cited it as the moment cited that moment as a wake-up call for him. In mid-1992, MC Surge, whose group Third Bass had dissolved, began working on a solo project and approached Nas. At the suggestion of producer T-Ray, Surge collaborated with Nas for Back on the Grill, the lead single for Surge's 1992 solo debut album, Return of the Product. At the recording session for the song, Surge discovered that Nas did not have a recording contract and subsequently contacted uh, Faith Newman and An are executive at Sony Music Entertainment. As Search recounted, quote, Nas was in a position where his demo had been sitting around um sorry had been sitting around live at the barbecue was already a classic and he was just trying to find a decent deal so when he gave me his demo i shopped it around i took it to russell first russell said it sounded like g-rap he wasn't with it so i took it to faith faith loved it she said she had been looking for Nas for a year and a half they wouldn't let me leave the office without a deal on the table end quote once MC Search assumed the role of executive producer for Nas's debut project, he attempted to con- uh, connect Nas with various producers and based on his buzz at the time, numerous New York producers were eager to work with him and went to powerhouse studios with Nas. Among the producers was DJ Premier, recognized at the time for his raw and aggressive production with jazz-based samples and heavy scratching, and for his work with rapper Guru as part of the hip-hop duo Gangstar. After his production on Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth's Funky Technician, released in 1990, Drew Dijama's "The Sun Rises in the East," released in 1994. Premier began working exclusively at the studios in New York City before working with Nas on ilmatic Prior to recording, DJ Premier had listened to Nas's debut single, later stating, "Quote: When I heard Halftime, that was some next shit to uh some next shit to me." that's just as classic to me as eric b for president and the bridge it just had that type of effect as simple as it was all of the elements are so from that point after search approached me about doing some cuts it was automatic you'd be stupid to pass up to pass that up if even even if it wasn't paying no money end quote search later noted that chemistry between nas and dj Premier premiere counting. that quote Sorry Primo and Nas They could have been separated at birth It wasn't a situation where his beats fit their rhymes They fit each other End quote While Search reached out to DJ Premier Large professor contacted Pete Rock To collaborate with Nas On what became The World Is Yours Shortly after producers Q-Tip and L.E.S. Chose to work on the album Life's a Bitch contained a cornet solo Performed by Nas's father Olu Dara The song also features Brooklyn-based rapper A.Z. In an early promotional review, Nas claimed that Illmatic, sorry that the name Illmatic was a reference to his incarcerated friend Illmatic Ice. Nas later described that the title name as "Supreme Ill." It's all ill. It's as ill as ill gets. That shit is a science of everything ill. That's a lot of ills. End quote. At the time of its recording, expectations in the hip hop scene were high for Illmatic. In 1994. Uh in an interview with the source which dubbed him quote the second coming, Nas spoke highly of the album, saying, quote, This feels like a big project that's gonna affect the world. We in here on the down low doing something for the world, that's how it feels. That's what it is. For all the ones that think it's about uh it's all about some rough shit, talking about guns all the time, but no science behind it, we're gonna bring it bring it to them like this. End quote. Rapper AZ recorded uh, recounted recording on the album Quote I got on Nas' album And did the Life's a Bitch song But even then I thought I was terrible on it To be honest But once people started hearing it And liking it That's what built my confidence I thought Okay I could probably do this The record Was everything To be the only person Featured on Illmatic When Nas is considered One of the top men In New York at the time One of the freshest new artists That was big End quote Oh shit I accidentally pressed them Sorry, I was reading my script and pressed the fucking, <clears throat> pressed the fucking spacebar. Great, I forgot where I was. Um, okay, during the sessions, Nas composed the song Nas is Like, which he would later go on to record as a single for his nineteen ninety nine album I Am. Concerning the recording of album, of the album's opening song, New York State of Mind, producer DJ Premier later stated, quote, when we did New York State of Mind at the beginning when he says, straight out of the dungeon of rap where fake mm, don't make it back. Then you hear him say, I don't know where to st- how to start this shit because he had just written it. He got the beat running in the studio, but he doesn't know how he's going to format he's going to convey it so he's going i don't know how to start this shit and i'm counting him in to begin his verse one two three and then you can hear him go yo and then he goes right into it end quote all right so that being said let's just get straight into the um to the review itself (laughs) um so the opening track the genesis there really isn't much to say about it it's an intro it's just sort of like a voiceover like just just what you would expect in an intro the beat is playing people are talking laughing smoking whatnot just something you'd hear in a, in a hip hop album so there really isn't much to say it other than that sorry there really isn't much to say other than um um it just sounds like a 90s album you know Track two New York State of Mind Probably The second best song on this album in my opinion The beat The piano Not just rhyme, Straight out the fucking dungeon to rap Also the little fucking noise you hear in the in the background Fucking boom uh, Fucking I don't want to make it Cause it I don't know I feel like I'd be having a stroke if I made the noise But The production on that song is amazing Track three, Life's a Bitch featuring AZ. I really like the chorus, Life's a Bitch, that's why we get high. No, wait, Life's a Bitch, because we die, so that's why we, uh, some shit like that. I don't know, but I really like the chorus, AZ's chorus on the song. Um, I also really liked um, the production on it too. I don't know what it was about it, but it just screamed 1994 to me, in my opinion. Um, I know most of the album was recorded in like 92 and 93, but I don't know. It's just something about the production in that song that screams 1994 to me, even though I wasn't (laughs) really alive in that era. Other than that, he makes up, uh, AZ makes up for a very uh, interesting feature verse. And I got to be honest, I'd be really stoked too if I was the only person to ever be featured on Illmatic. You know, it's really cool. Really. Track number four, The World Is Yours. I really like um, the production on the song. Pete Rock, amazing job, especially with the piano. Um, Also, whose world is this? It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Whose world is this? I really like that soft the softness in the piano, um, even the production when mid song, you know when you hear the tap drums and all that shit, it's really great too. Um, it, it's just something about this song that's really relaxing to me, even though it's got a bit of a different <laughs> meaning to it. Anyways, um, so track five halftime. This is my favorite song on the album. I really like the chorus, the production for the song as well. The beat too. Personally, this is my favorite song. I thought this the I thought this was a song where he, you know, he went crazy on it, dude. I thought this was the song the the song. The song to listen to on the album. This is like the song, in my opinion, to listen to. I really like the chorus, his rhymes, the constant, the flow too. The flow is something else on this song. Track number six, Memory Lane, sitting in the park. Um, there really, I don't really have much to say about this one. Um, it's it's it, it just hmm hmm it just really didn't appeal much to me, you know, especially after that whole, after half time, you know, I didn't, I was like, whoa, first were like, and now it's like, I don't know, it, it just kind of changed the flow, it was, it was kind of off-putting for me, so, I don't know, it's just, I just automatically had like this, ill kind of memory of it but it's it's still a good song especially the title i really love the title um especially the end of the theme too i think it's really uh really um what's the word i'm looking for i want to say woke theme but i've it's a theme all right it's a theme all right i'll tell you that it's a theme all right track number seven one love now this is the song that was produced by q-tip and i gotta say this This is like my least favorite song after this song the whole album just kind of turns out to be a blur i I won't lie not because it's it just got bad but i I don't know it just we're near in the end and you're like okay well time to fucking zone out or some shit like that (sighs) i totally know what i'm doing right now um but oh good that was good that was good But uh, um, hmm. Hmm. I will give it props for the production Q-tip does an amazing job You know Because that's all what they did back in the 90s um, I don't know It just kind of felt kind of weird This song I don't know what else to tell you Track number 8 One time for your mind uh, hmm. Bottom to last right here um, again, I really don't know what to say about this song Other than it's kind of a blur I don't really see this song, you know mm, You know Pop Pop it now it's, No, what's the one which Appealing Nah hmm. I'd say I don't see it as something that stands, yeah, something that stands out. <clears throat> um, I don't know what else to tell you there. Track number nine, represent, great beat, great chorus too. Represent, represent, uh, represent, represent. Uh, really like the melody too. It's got kind of like a not a not a spooky tone to it but rather like a um rather worrisome worrisome tune to it i don't really like um i don't really like that the closing track it ain't hard to tell i really like the sample on it you know um michael jackson's uh human nature i think it was a good song to close that out to now rhymes amazing as usual um although i do have a bit of a problem with the bass on this song it's a bit too strong you know not not something you're trying to listen to while driving home from work at 12 in the morning especially when it's (laughs) off yeah it sounds a little something like that but you know i deal with it other than that ladies and gentlemen that pretty much sums up. Omatic. That's, that's Omatic right there. The rating. <laughs> this is a really bad review. On a scale of 1 to 10, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta rate Nas's Ilmatic a. Eh? Well, it's pretty fucking obvious um uh, a 10 yeah ladies and gentlemen crazy huh a perfect 10 and here is why so first and foremost the reason why i gotta give an azimatic a 10 out of 10 is because there are automatically just no skips on the song i mean aside from the intro there's literally no skips on the song um 10 for 10, bro. It goes 10 for 10. It's a perfect 10 because there's 10 songs on it and it goes 10 for 10. I'd say 9 out of 10, but then I'd probably get shot. I don't know what you want me to do here, people. My hands are tied. Anyways, yeah, a 10 out of 10, and here's why. So, first and foremost, yeah, it goes for 10 for 10. There's no skips on the song. Number two, the tracks. I mean, the production. East Coast. Hip-hop production. It's what makes this album so great. The East Coast Hip-Hop Production. That hardcore bass, the sampling, rhyming crack with crack. It's it's just so perfect. (laughs) So, production, that's one thing. Lyricism. Now, that's another. A lot of the themes... Nas brushes over here some of the uh oh my goodness what the fuck am i looking at that looks like a very cursed picture i'm sorry i was scrolling through uh, a <clears throat> scrolled through the wrong tab so you know anyways so <laughs> that's a really fucking cursed fucking image bro trust me trust me when i say this um, so a lot of the lyrical count, uh, lyr- lyrical content Is really reliant on these themes You know Drug violence being the big one um, Music endowment It's another one Art- Artistic credibility That was a huge problem back in the industry It still is to this day But Taking it up on the mic That's another thing so a lot of the themes here, very eye-opening. a lot of narratives about growing up in Creedsbridge, New York. V- same thing, very eye-opening, you know um, And the fact that you're able to do it in such uh, with such swagger, <laughs> if I do say so myself, really um i don't know it just makes it all the more better i mean yeah you it to suffer but i mean the fact that you're doing it with swagger really you know says something that you're talking about it with swagger sorry really says something so yeah um other than that there really isn't much else to say other than that, other than owing to the production to the um the impact it's had, the lyricism, um, all of it, you know. It's really, really, really um, influential album that I highly, highly, highly recommend. It's only 10 songs, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's only 20, 40 minutes. It's nothing bad. Totally recommend it. Especially when you're walking through New York, if you ever if you ever get the chance to walk through New York, please feel free to to listen to this uh, listen to this song. All right, please, please, it's, it's really good. Trust. Um, <laughs> take a look at the impact and legacy that the album had. So, in East Coast hip hop, Illmatic has been noted as uh, one of the most rather most rather influential albums hip-hop albums sorry of all time with pundits describing it as an um archetypal east coast hip-hop album you you get what i'm saying um okay let let me read a quote jeff wise of pitchforks wrote no album better reflected the sound and style of new york 94 the the alembic I think that's how you pronounce it. A slow jazz samples... SP-1200s... Broken nose breaks... And raw rap distilled the Henry. No chaser ideal of boom rap. End quote. Um, In terms of like production... Illmatic has been noted as a creative high point for East Coast hip-hop since it's featured. Since it featured production from renowned New York-based producers Large Professor, Pete Rock, DJ Premier, the album solidified the reputation of these producers whose contributions to Elmatic became, became influential in shaping the soundscape of New York's regional scene. According to writer, uh, music writer Rob Marriott, Bill Medley helped establish DJ Premier as the go-to producer for the jazz and blues-inflected knock that became so central to the East Coast sound. Following the album's release, hip-hop artists increasingly began to draw upon a broad stable of producers for their projects. At the time, the assembly of big-name producers was unprecedented, since most hip-hop albums had primarily been the work of one dedicated producer and sometimes even an embedded production team. Yet Arthur, see, sorry author adam mansbach reflects on the impact of elmatics noteworthy producers writing quote the psychological impact on the listener of having all these elite producers some of whom like q-tip weren't really known yet for doing outside production work at all coming together to lace the debut from this queen from this kid from Queensbridge." was tremendous end quote the same template would also be used by other successful east coast rappers in an article on new york hip-hop most reeves of creating loafing wrote that Nas's illmatic is quote the first to draw together top hip-hop producers in recording industry that formula most successfully mined on the late notorious big's 1997 sophomore effort life after death Puff Daddy's 1997 No Way Out and Jay-Z's third studio album, 1998's "Volume 2 Hard Knock Life is what most New York prospects still use today. John Caramancia of the New York Times writes that after o release, quote, it became a common place for rappers to search around for different producers who um, who could enhance their sound, end quote. While hip hop artists continue to draw this upon this template for album production, the practice has earned some criticism in an article titled quote How Nazis Ilmatic Ruined Hip Hop, Nasu Ahmed of Complex argues that one unintended consequence of Ilmatic was the overall decline in the cohesion of quality rap albums. Next thing you knew, rap albums started having a different producer for every song. And like a film that has a different director for every scene, albums became unfocused affairs. That also meant the producers weren't tied to artists anymore. End quote. Um, I highly disagree with that. <laughs> I don't really know what to feel about that. Um, but I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. That's, that's what the girls pickle. Go ahead. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I think this pretty much sums up today's episode. Do I recommend OMatic? You're goddamn right, ladies and gentlemen. Eventually, Nas did follow up with a software effort titled It Was Written, released in 1996, if I'm not corrected. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. If that ever decides to fucking load. Yeah, his sophomore effort came in nineteen ninety six, titled "It Was Written." Followed by his back to back third and fourth studio album, "I Am" and nostradamus both released in nineteen ninety nine. Followed by his fifth studio album, "Stillmatic," released in two thousand one. Two thousand two saw the release of "God's Son." "Street Disciple" came in two thousand four. Followed by "Hip Hop Is Dead" in two thousand six. In 2008 he was set to release an album which had a rather controversial title it was a full-on hard art but they just changed it to Untitled. After Untitled came 2012's Life is Good. 2018 saw the seven-track Kanye produced album Nasir. 2020 saw the release of King's Disease and last year we saw him release not one but two albums, King's Disease 2 and Magic in terms of a future album coming out he has announced that a king's disease 3 is in the works i have very high hopes it. i really loved king disease 2 especially um especially uh the the production on this one album on that album very great anyways ladies and gentlemen i think that pretty much sums up today's episode i recommend this album big time other than that ladies and gentlemen it's pretty much it for today's episode thank you guys all so much for listening tell everybody tell your mom tell your dad and most of all tell everybody follow us on our instagram at timeout underscore with underscore tony podcast new episodes every tuesday thursday and friday so stay tuned for that and that pretty much sums up today's episode ladies and gentlemen thank you guys all so much for listening and we'll see you saturday please don't drink and drive Check me out y'all, nasty knives in your area, about to cause masses